You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I will be your host this morning for our show. And with me this morning, I've got two of my colleagues, uh, Chelsea Piper Baldwin and Emily MacDonald. How are you ladies this morning? Good, Clarissa. How are you? I am doing well. It's a beautiful Chicago-ish morning. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like the spring in Chicago is always like it's here. You know, we always get teased, and then it's like, just kidding. It's it's going to be cold again. So other than that, yeah. though, it's good. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can never take your snowscraper out of your car. That's my motto. No, oh! <laughs> yeah, my mine just lives in the trunk uh, all year yeah. long. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, ladies, for coming on this morning. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, youth ministry in the time of COVID and how youth ministry has shifted in this time of, of pandemic. But, you know, kind of before we get into the, the deep stuff, tell me, uh, Emily, Chelsea, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourselves to our audience. You know, what do you, uh, what are your roles in the Archdiocese and how long you've been, you've been in this work for? Sure. So my name is Chelsea Baldwin. Um, I have been working for the Archdiocese now about four years. It'll be four years in August, actually. I'm a senior coordinator for youth ministry, which basically means that um, any high school ministry I kind of oversee. Uh, I'm excited to be working in the Office of Life on Formation, too. Thank you. And Emily? And I'm Emily Mastinell. Um, I work with Chelsea in the Office of Lifelong Formation and Clarissa. Um, I'm the coordinator of children and youth programs, so help Chelsea uh, with different youth initiatives and also um, work with different people in our office um, on children programs as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. There's all there's so, so many programs. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the things, so uh, th- our topic this morning is, you know, how youth ministry has shifted in the time, especially in this past year since we've been kind of in this COVID pandemic space. Um, you know, and I uh, wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, why, you know, how does this matter to our, you know, our listeners at home? And, and what are some of the, the big shifts that you've you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've all been on lockdown for the last year. We just celebrated a year anniversary. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, everyone's been kind of living in this weird place of working from home, staying home, mask wearing, uh, and including our teenagers. And I, if not everyone is listening as a teenager, for sure, but I bet you know a teenager in your life, whether it's your child or your grandchild, your neighbor, you know, or, or you work with them or something. And um, we just we want to talk about this particular ways that although this year has been hard for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, it's there is some reasons it's been especially hard on teenagers. And I just we want to talk about how the ways it's changed youth ministry, uh, especially from the traditional way we've been doing it, which is a lot of in-person stuff, 
we just thought that would be um, important for people to be aware of. Yeah. Do you uh, do you find that um, parishes just you know qu- parishes and programs had to quickly pivot and just kind of reinvent themselves quickly? I would say yeah. definitely. Emily, youth, ministers, youth ministers are so adaptable um, to any situation that arises in their normal ministry, I would say, even before the pandemic started. And this has definitely been a shift that no one was expecting um, and that we haven't seen before. Um, but youth ministers are flexible, and so we've seen them throughout the pandemic try to shift to continue to reach as many youth as possible. Um, and so we think it'll be interesting to see, too, just as everything else in the world, what this means going forward, even post-pandemic times for youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious, like, what are some of the, what is, like, one of the biggest shifts that you've seen, you know, from pre-pandemic to now, and how youth ministry and youth ministers are relating and being inclusive of, you know, the teens at their parish? Yeah, so we've gone, I mean, almost completely digital at this point, especially at the beginning. Um, We all kind of scrambled to figure out how does Zoom work? Uh, (laughs) How can we have multiple kids on a Zoom call? So youth ministry is um, unique in the church because it's very much accompaniment-based. So it's a lot of relational ministry, a lot of in-person, a lot of hanging out, um, just kind of building up trust and rapport with high school kids, uh, both between adults and kids and then kids in the group themselves. Uh, so having to all of a sudden switch all that to digital uh, was, I think, really, was very difficult and continues to be really difficult, uh, unlike a lot of other ministries in the church, which are much more information-based, right? You really said RCIA, you know, you teach people, they consume this information. Um, youth ministry is not, is not about catechesis at all. Um, that's a component of it, but a lot of it is just a life. How do you how do you live as a Christian in the world? And that's really difficult to kind of impart via computer. Um, so we've seen a lot of our, our most of our youth ministry stuff has completely gone online. So youth ministers have been using Zoom um, to do regular youth group meetings, to play games, to have discussions, um, to build community, and they've done a remarkable job. Um, I've got to be honest, but it's definitely still been a challenge just because the nature of the ministry makes. Um, not being in person is very difficult. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely imagine. I know that um, in some of the research that I've seen, yeah, just the different shifts in terms of like how things are being offered, you know, what's being offered. But I've also seen, I think, you know, Catholic speakers and stuff shift, you know, to that online space. And so now people are uh, kind of offering things online, you know, like online Bible studies or online like worship nights. And so I think, you know, just that whole that whole thing is just kind of turned around in, in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it's been really great. There's definitely speakers that, you know, you'd have to travel far to see or you'd have to pay a lot of money for um, things, you know, maybe events that if you, if you were in high school and you would feel self-conscious to attend in person, but it's much, you know, the, the barrier for entry is much lower if your friend says, hey, log on to Zoom and, you know, come to this conversation about Jesus or come hear this, you know, worship artist, something like that. So in, in some ways, it's been really wonderful for uh, kids who maybe for in-person is just too daunting uh, or who are more introverted and, and need more time or space to process. Uh, they really, I think um, all youth ministers have kind of seen their kids that they usually see in person have a very different side when they're behind a screen. 
Yeah, I think I, one of the speakers I I follow on Instagram was like, "Ah, come, I'm I'm having like a dance party. I'm I'm throwing music up and having a dance party on Instagram Live." And I was like, "No, that's pretty creative. That's definitely a, a new way in which we're we're ministering to young people." Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll come back in a little bit. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312 312- Nine three seven three three seven five. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100.
And we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. This is Clarissa Alantara, and I am talking about uh, how youth ministry has shifted in the time of the pandemic. And with me this morning, I've got uh, Chelsea and Emily, who are my colleagues in the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. Um, and I wanted to ask, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, how I know you are both not directly necessarily working with um, youth as youth ministers, but I'm kind of wondering, as you've accompanied youth ministers in this time of pandemic, you know, how have you encountered Christ? You know, what does that look like for you, for for both of you in this past year? If there's a, a story or an anecdote that both of you, you know, are comfortable sharing with our listeners. Um, sure. So I can go first. Um, I think I've just, I, I know that this is kind of a straightforward answer, but I've really felt Christ in the meetings that I've been able to have with the youth ministers. Um, I started here, oh, in October before the pandemic. So majority of my work has actually been done, um, remotely. And so these, meetings, virtual meetings that we've been having, while maybe not ideal to be only virtual, has, as Chelsea was mentioning earlier, provided the opportunity to get to connect with people who you wouldn't necessarily get to see if we were having to drive and um, try to get to these meetings. Um, And so we had monthly meetings with the youth ministers. And I think just being able to have this discourse with them where we really got to see how they were struggling and how they were feeling the burdens of trying to transform their ministry in the time when so much around them was uncertain and their teens were going through much more than they would have expected and teens go through a lot already. Um, And so then just to be able to see them be in that place of so kind of discouraged and low, but, to have the hope endure, and I think that inspires me um, to find the hope in any situation that I'm in as well. Um, We know that the Holy Spirit can work through all sorts of situations, and I've seen it work through these youth ministers um, in the past, oh gosh, year now that we've been doing this pandemic youth ministry. Yeah. Chelsea, is there a story that you have? Yeah, same as Emily. There's just so many, um, so many beautiful ways that God has worked through. I mean, that, I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that it's like endlessly creative, right? That we all think like our lives are over. Um, all of us, especially like us at the Archdiocese, working from home when we, you know, that we're like, well, we we talk to people all day. How are we going to make that happen? <laughs> um, but seeing the ways that like God can work through anything, like God can work through these difficult circumstances. Um, just being inspired by the ways that our youth ministers have, you know, loved loved their kids and reached out to them. Um, and we, and, uh, Emily and I were talking about some really great stuff we saw. We had one youth minister um, who sent home a retreat with her kids. Like they were all kept saying around Christmas time, they were so zoomed out, right? They just, they're on Zoom all the time for school that they didn't really want to come to youth group because it was also on Zoom. You know, you just want to not stare at a computer screen for a couple hours. And she created this 
take-home retreat that was, you know, the kids picked it up. It was just a bunch of manila envelopes at the parish, and it said, you know, start here, then do this, then do this, and it had little activities for each one, and the kids kind of did it on their own time at their own pace, and how how beautiful that was, you know, how she said the, the fruit that came of it was really wonderful to see um, how, you know, she said one, one boy was so inspired. I think one of the first things it asked you to do was, you know, take your cell phone and put it in a plastic bag and put it in an envelope so you wouldn't look at it for the next, you know, however long. And she said most most kids had a really hard time with that. She said one boy, though, was, like, so so moved by it. He left his phone in the bag for 24 hours, and he's, he, I don't think he even went on anything else in the retreat. He just felt so peaceful, you know, and and I don't know if we would have that experience if, you know, she hadn't done this kind of weird take-home retreat. You, you know, if we're in person, there's no reason to give up your phone the same way. So, um, I think those are just some of the ways that we've seen the good the good work happen during this time. Yeah, no, those are definitely different different and powerful ways in which uh, we've seen the Holy Spirit. Um, and thank you for sharing that. For either of you, I don't know if there's a a scripture passage that is you know that touches your heart. You know, around you know either youth ministry because I know both of you have worked with youth. <laughs> or if you've got, you know, a special scripture passage in terms of accompanying those who who work with youth. Um, I can Ooh, go okay. first. Oh, um, go for it, Emily. i got to look mine up first. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is a passage that I think can really speak, or it's short, can speak, it's not, I don't know if I'd go full passage, um, can speak to different areas of my life, not just um, the work we do with youth. But sure. I think it carries me through that as well, and so it's from Second Timothy, and it's um, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. And so I just really hold on to that when things get difficult, um, and know that I can lean on God and honestly lean on those that I'm doing this ministry with. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I found the one I was thinking of. I was pretty sure where it was. I had to look it up. I'm sitting in front of my computer, so that was easy. Um, big thing, it's, so it's First Timothy 4.12. I guess we're fans of Paul's letter to Timothy. <laughs> but um, Paul is telling Timothy who at the time was a young man, right? And so you can imagine Timothy going to these different communities and people not really listening to him because he's, he, he looks young, right? What does he know? Um, but Paul is encouraging Timothy, and he says, let, let no one look down on your youth. Um, instead, conduct yourself with love, faith, and purity, and be an example to those who believe. Um, and I just find, that, I mean, a lot of times, and we do this all the time because we work for teenagers. Um, people often want to look down on teenagers. You know, they're all self-centered. They're all, you know, on their phones all the time. They're all, you know, they, they can't really be holy. You know, we'll just wait until they're adults, and then we'll start investing in them. But um, you can look at the church and see there's so many examples of teenage saints um, you know, kids who have mar- been martyred for the faith, um, that I think that we definitely sell our kids short when we don't um, give them kind of the fullness and the richness of the faith. Uh, and I think God really wants us to want, wants us to pay attention to them and give them the resources that we have uh, because they're capable of amazing things. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great one, Chelsea. That is, Plus, that's a really Timothy. good one. <laughs> Look at the both of you, both pulling from roughly the... <laughs> roughly the same piece because i i mean i do think it's true you know i um 
I have not spent a lot of time, you know, in that in that same context with teenagers. Definitely very supportive and you know wonderful people. But I think that you know if we if we saw them in a different light, if we accompanied them differently, you know, the fruits of the spirit were very much alive, you know, in in all that we do in terms of supporting teenagers. So um, that's really really awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll come back. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. Uh, my name is Clarissa Alhinter, and I'm here with Chelsea and Emily, and we've been talking a little bit about, you know, how youth ministry has shifted in the time of pandemic. I think especially as, you know, youth ministry from my... <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little old, um, you know, from, oh gosh, I don't know, 20, 30. Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, 25 <laughs> years ago, you know, it was gathering on Sunday night, hanging out with my friends. You know, my parents would drop me off uh, and then we'd go, you know, we would do things or we, you know, we would have an outing or something like that. And, and we've really been talking about 
you know, just the shift that our teens and our youth ministers have had to make and what and, you know, even just the some of the challenges that have come with that. But also it sounds like a lot of fruit has come from that kind of, you know, shifting and, and moving with the times as opposed to just, you know, I mean, youth ministers could have easily or maybe hardly just been like, you know what, I can't. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to wait until everything is fine. And it sounds like what they did was like, no, we, we need to kind of move with them, move with the kids. Uh, yeah, I think our youth, oh, go ahead. <laughs> our youth ministers, I mean, that's the beautiful thing. They have such a heart for their kids, right? It's not, they're not, they're not doing the job for the money for sure. They're doing it because they um, want to love um, this. They want to love the kids. They want to love um, God they see in the teenagers. So yeah, we've, we, I mean, there's never been a, on occasion we'll have to encourage them a little bit, but it's only been after months and months. They are the ones who they're knocking down the door. When can we do this? When can we be back in person? what about this? You know, they're, they're so, um, we just hear all the time how, you know, worried they are for their kids, how much they want to be with them, how much they, they know how important that faith is to them and how kind of, unfortunately, how stifled that sometimes is. Um, but there is actually, you were talking about like kind of the old, the older model of youth ministry, which was the big gathered model. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Emily and I, Emily was talking about how um, this might, the forcing us to go online might actually, and, and when we're in person, be smaller, smaller cohorts might actually be the kind of impetus for people to kind of shift over to a more new model of youth ministry, which is a more small group based model. Can, do you mind actually saying more about that? And what I think is interesting is that, you know, when we talk about domestic churches and small churches, like that's off, that's, you know, <laughs> when we look at the church and how it's evolved, that's that's an image that is not, um, is not new. Yeah, and so kind of like what Chelsea was saying, and even what you mentioned, Clarissa, a lot of youth ministry— um, especially in, like, looking back in the past has been viewed as, all right, let's have this large youth rally, youth event, get everyone together, doing the same thing at the same time, um, and that's how we'll minister to the youth and get people engaged. Um, and while there's some place for that moving forward, um, that's not what we see youth ministry, the direction it's headed in. Um, there's just faith conversations and sharing that happens on this small group level that you wouldn't get in that large group setting. And so we're having this kind of transition now into opportunities to really dive deep into relationships in a smaller group setting. Like Chelsea said earlier, youth ministry is so much about relationships and to walk through the different stages of growth into missionary discipleship that these young people are experiencing um, with the kind of small group, smaller community. Um, it's also interesting to see that there are different ways to do youth ministry for different generations. And so as the youth themselves change, um, youth ministry has to shift to accommodate that. And so it's something that even without the pandemic, even without this kind of hold on large group events, was something that we could start to see moving that direction. Yeah. 
No, that's very true. I'm wondering, you know, when you talk about accompanying youth and kind of really having that heart for youth, I'm wondering, you know, if you have anything around, you know, church teaching or, you know, even recent documents, especially that have been geared toward youth that really talk about, you know, that that charism or that, you know, that love of being that minister in that way. Sure. So uh, I don't know if everyone will remember two years ago when there was a synod, a synod on youth. So all the bishops of the world got together because Pope Francis really wanted to talk about youth because that's one of the things that he really loves. Um, so they came out with a document uh, that came out after the synod, and it was called Christus Visit, Christ is Alive. Um, and in it, he actually has a whole chapter, talks a lot about the um, word, and it's a Spanish word, so I'm not going to say it. It's acompanimiento. So it's accompaniment, basically, but in Spanish, it's a little pronounced a little bit differently. But, and it's cool because in Spanish, it has a different sort of context. In English, we think of, you know, walking alongside someone, which is beautiful in its own way. But in, in Spanish, it's even more intense. It's a living with someone. It's a modeling your life after someone. It's um, a very intimate sort of uh, togetherness. And um, that was what Pope Francis and the bishops were urging, that, that we've seen in our lives, that the, the one, the most effective way to spread the faith to get kids excited about Jesus, to, you know, ultimately save souls is through this process of accompaniment. Um, I think all of us, most of us can look at our lives and say, okay, you know, we really came to know Christ because of the people who invested in us, right? Whether they were our parents, our, you know, youth ministers, uh, other siblings, or other, um, you know, a coach, a teacher, something like that. We can all point to people in our life who have walked with us. Um, and that's, you know, most people aren't converted by reading a book. Uh, you know, some people are, but most people aren't. So uh, our youth ministers really feel that they are that person who, a person who's supposed to be accompanying their teens. Um, and that's, it's cool to see that the church is kind of, kind of coming around to that idea. Um, not that they had disparaged it previously, but that it's, you know, all of a sudden being like actually enshrined in papal writings, this idea of that kind of living with, walking with, journeying, um, with someone through their, their faith journey um, and all the messiness that often that includes. Um, it's not always a clear, straightforward process. And, you know, especially for teenagers, um, they're going to slip up just like everyone else. Uh, but that, that God is ultimately calling us to uh, the same way that Christ accompanied his disciples for, you know, the three years of his ministry, um, that we can model our own ministry on that sort of just kind of hanging out with people. <laughs> let's let's end there really quickly and let, let's come back and hear a little bit more about that. clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. 
And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. And we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about the the document uh, Christus Vivid and kind of what that and you know what that means and how um, how our youth ministers can, can can live into that. And I do one of the things I I wanted to kind of continue talking about, you know, was that model of presence and accompaniment, and you know how that. I think so often when I uh, we were talking about, you know, the old model of youth ministry when I was in youth ministry, there was always the act of doing, right? It's like big things, like big, grand gestures. And and what maybe the church is saying now is like, well, no, actually just being present and being there and listening and even just being a witness is enough sometimes for these young people to to feel like, you know, they can come and, and be vulnerable and authentic and, and live that live, you know, Christ through their lives. I don't know if any, um, if either of you like have uh, more about the the document or like what that. I was I was like, wait, are they both still there? <laughs> yeah. No, it was just a great statement. I was like, I agree. Okay, <laughs> I need a moment to take it in. <laughs> okay, that that yeah, it's uh you know for those of our listeners at home, uh I am in the studio uh, and my guests are on the radio, and so sometimes what's lost is you know when you're uh when I'm in studio with guests, you can kind of see head nods or gestures or like eyes of kind of taking it in. But uh, I do remember when the document came out and how powerful it was, you know, just to kind of sit and understand what um you know what 
the what accompaniment you know could continue to look like yeah so i actually just i again the the beauty of being at home i actually just pulled it up and um there's they um i think one of the beautiful things is that they talk about like in in depth the company if you if you i mean if you're looking for something to read it's actually quite a readable papal document um pope francis has a very clear way of writing that is not always the way that pope like papal documents work but he talks a lot about um this idea of accompaniment um he really wants people so part of a christian identity is seeing people as unique right where there's not we're, we're not all one person um, sometimes it's easy to kind of categorize all teenagers are selfish, all teenagers are annoying, all you know. But really, they're all individual souls um, that God loves individually, and so as Christians, we're called to love them all individually. So um, he says that Pope says, um, in fact, today we see a tendency to homogenize young people, blurring what is distinctive about their origins and backgrounds. Um, so he he really is encouraging people that that idea of accompaniment of being with of being present to um, is is only is not something that you can do with a ton of people obviously you know we can't accompany 50 people simultaneously um, but we see kind of in the way that Jesus modeled his own life um, Jesus had you know 12 apostles he also had three you know James John and Peter were kind of his like inner circle and then from out there there was the 12 disciples so how do, how can our youth ministers um, and really, I encourage everyone because I, I believe everyone is called to ministry with youth, you know, uh, no matter how old you are or how the youth in your life, but to really be with people um, the same way Christ was, uh, to kind of journey along with them, hang out with them, spend time with them, accepting that they are different, right? Not everyone's journey to faith is going to be completely linear. Most of us can say that our lives, you know, we've gone up and down. Um, so being patient to be with uh, a young person as they kind of struggle and strive to figure out, you know, who am I? Who is Christ? Um, what role does God have in my life? You know, how how do I give my heart to God in, in every situation? And I think the older we get, um, the more we the more wisdom we have to impart to young people, especially about our faith life. Um, so I, I'm a bit of a research nerd, but there's a lot of research currently um, about like what works in youth ministry. What you know what what we've seen over you know youth ministries has really been around since like the 60s, 70s. Um, and so the, the things that have worked in youth ministry, and not surprisingly for most people, one of the big things is that sort of accompaniment of having just kind of individual adults who youth can trust um, and will journey with them on their faith, where they feel comfortable enough to come, with, come to them with questions, where they feel not judged by them, where they feel safe with them, you know, um, and they trust enough to ask questions to and then listen to the answers. That's kind of and it was beautiful to see not only is the research bearing this out, the Pope is bearing this out, the Holy Spirit is really bringing this idea of accompaniment to the forefront right now. Yeah, no, that's definitely really beautiful. Oh, Emily, did you have something to add? Or Well, and Chelsea kind of hinted at this at hers too, but this accompaniment is not a job just for youth ministers who are officially like in charge of youth ministry at their parish. It's a job for anyone who's in, interacting with youth. Um, and so it's something that we all are called to do. Um, as well, I think in the document it even calls attention to like accompaniment happening first in the home. And so something that we've seen youth ministers really uh, start to push forward in um, unexpected ways during this time of maybe where they weren't able to meet with their youth or when their youth were feeling um, kind of zoomed out um, and they couldn't meet in person was really engaging the parents too, to 
start there and knowing that they um, are the first place that these teens can find a accompaniment and that are spending more and more time with the people that you live with in your home. Um, and so working with them and how they can support them as they're in their role as well. Yeah, thank you. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll come back in a little bit. Charity staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, trusted research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And right before we we uh, took our break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, uh, that you don't, well, Emily was saying, you know, and Chelsea was saying before that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be a youth minister um, or perhaps even like a high school teacher or a middle school teacher to accompany youth in this way. And usually we, we spend... Um, 
the last kind of portion of the show talking about, you know, that real lived action. And so I'm wondering, you know, in in the experience that you both have, you know, in the different places that you've worked in now um, in the context of youth ministry in the archdiocese, you know, how can people respond of like, well, yeah, I, I want to be that mentor for youth. You know, I'm definitely not going to be a youth minister or, you know, go back to teaching or, you know, what is that? How can, you know, neighbors, loved ones respond in a way that, you know, to use that Holy Spirit to, to kind of be that person of accompaniment? Oh, yes, absolutely. What a great question. So it's almost like we set this up, but we did You it, did. So. I was like right before the break, I'm like, oh, they didn't know this, but they set us up for the end. Perfect. Um, so, I mean, and this is something that's really close to our hearts right now because COVID has been tough for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, right, for health and financial reasons and stuff. But we already know that this generation of teenagers, um, research tells us, is more um, stressed out, more depressed, and more anxious than any other generation in history. So we, that, that was before COVID, right? That was just how things were. Um, so the kids in high school and college right now um, were already struggling generally as a cohort. And then all of a sudden we went into shutdown for a year. Um, and so kids, we think about their, you know, their main source of socialization is being at school every day and not being able to do that being stuck at home, not, not necessarily in a great parent situation maybe, or stressful at home. Um, you know, I, we've heard, I mean, I think everyone's kind of heard stories of how teenagers have been really um, struggling through this pandemic. Uh, kids who, you know, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kids who are having trouble getting out of bed in the morning, you know, who normally are really happy children, but they know that there's nothing, you know, they just, they can't see their friends, they can't play, they can't be at school, they can't do sports. Um, so I would say, like, right now, man, our, our teenagers are really hurting. Um, and that's exciting because there's a lot of opportunity there, right? So as I said earlier, you know, you may not have a teenager living in your house or, you know, you may not be a grandparent or something, but I bet you you have a neighbor that's a teenager or um, I bet, you know, in your, even in your parish, there's teenagers everywhere and they are desperately in need of adult mentors. They don't always act like it. That's the tricky part. They're kind of a prickly bunch. You know, you can't just walk up to them and be like, hey, I, I would like to mentor you in your face. You know? <laughs> um, and a lot of people get discouraged when, you know, seniors like, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, but I would say just small steps, just being kind to them, um, saying hello, asking about them, asking about their life, showing interest. Um, those are just really easy ways to start building faith, building trust, so that, um, you know, once teenagers know that you are, uh, you care about them, and that you are there wanting their good, and you, you are trustworthy, and you follow through in your commitments. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are or how uncool you are, right? They just really want adults in their life. So um, the more you can build up that trust in that relationship, the better chance they'll have of when something really is bothering them or when they really need help, they'll come to you because they know that you're a person um, of integrity who cares about them and cares about their soul. Yeah. Wow, that was really beautifully put, Chelsea. I was just about to ask if there was anything you wanted to add, Emily, to to what she said about you know what what that could look like for someone who, you know, might might not work with teens or you know have yeah. have a teenage niece or nephew. I mean, I think Chelsea really already said it, but it's it's mainly just being there, showing up for them consistently, and taking an interest in who they are and showing them that you are something that can be consistently there in their life. And then that's when they start to feel comfortable enough to come to you. And it can be in small ways. Um, like Chelsea said, it could just be like you were go to the same parish as a young person. And so maybe you sing in the choir. I mean, I guess we're not 
doing the choirs right now. But when we get back in there, maybe you're singing in the choir and notice someone looking at the choir more during mass. And so you just go up and start a conversation with them and just small entry points to start that relationship and to start that conversation with them that'll really allow you to dig in deeper and let them feel comfortable opening up to you. I think that sounds really beautiful as a, so I uh, have done most of my work with young adults and adults and I love, I absolutely love teenagers, but I've always found like a bunch of them, like more than 10. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this, but I love the teenagers in my parish. Like, you know, the ones who I've seen and they've gone off to college now. And I'm sure actually one of them, I think is just maybe in the middle of grad school or starting grad school, but I love, you know, asking them, especially because they were altar servers, like, Hey, how are you? Thanks for serving. You know, like how's school, where are you going to college? And then eventually, you know, they're like graduating from college, but it's so like less intimidating to find, you know, the teenagers who are physically sitting beside you at mass and just, you know, slowly Mm -hmm. like, Hey, how are you? You know, cultivate your names, all that stuff. Um, but that's yeah that's a really like no pressure even for the adult to be like oh yeah i could just yeah. i could be that you we sit next to each other at 9 30 mass of course you know yeah mm-hmm. um let's yeah, go, ahead. Oh, go just, ahead oh no i just want to say like you know a lot of we live in such a fractured society right a lot of people don't live near their grandparents or their cousins or anything so i often you know talk to older people who are like well i'm not i'm not cool i don't know how to hashtag or anything right um, and they're, you know, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90 years old. And what can I possibly offer a kid? But maybe this kid in your parish doesn't have grandparents who live nearby or never met their grandparents, right? And really is really would love someone who, you know, who's been around a long time and could give them advice, could, you know, care about them. Because, you know, the only people they see otherwise are their parents and kids their own age. So just a, a further encouragement to like, yes, yeah, there's no, yeah, just, just chatting with teenagers, um, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to be a certain type of person. I think everyone can do it. All right. Well, thank you so much. adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time virtually with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated 
why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. I forgot to say, like, hold on, we've got one more break. So hopefully, um, so this, I, <laughs> I'm always one to kind of share resources. Uh, Chelsea and Emily, are you able to share with our listeners, um, if you want to share the document again that we talked, the papal document, what it's called, where people could find it, where, you know, if they're also papal document nerds. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the papal document we're talking about is actually a post synodal ex- apostolic exhortation. It's called Christus Vivit, which is Latin, um, so C-H-R-I-S-T-U-S-V-I-V-I-T. Literally, I mean, if you just put into a Google search bar, Christus Vivit, or Pope on Youth, Pope Document on Youth, you'll find all kinds of stuff. The nice part about uh, Vatican documents is that they're all free online, so always good to look there. Okay. Um, what others? Um, I know that you're also... Uh, you have other documents and things that you've read um, where uh, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about, you know, the youth and the, and the research and the statistics, what are some good things that you've been reading recently that uh, we could share out with our audience? Sure. So um, currently the, the kids in high school, especially in early college, are what's known as Gen Z, Generation Z. And there's tons of research on them currently. Um, some of the good stuff is coming from Barna, the Barna Research Group. Um, there's also uh, the work of Dr. Christian Smith, um, which is the uh, National Study on Youth and Religion. Um, so any of the stuff by those people, so Barna or Dr. Christian Smith, I recommend. Um, or you can just honestly Google Gen Z. There's all kinds of really good articles out there um, on kids. And then the last resource I would say, too, is definitely your parish youth minister, um, whether it's a full-time person or a volunteer or even just your pastor. Um you know, go to them and say, hey, I, you know, I, I've really been praying for our teens, right? So please start praying for them. That's really the first thing because they're having a hard time. But I've really been praying, you know, how do you think I can help out? Um, and, you know, they might even just say, you know, what we really need is someone to cook dinner once a month. And, like, that's something you can totally do, you know. Or we really need people to help um, lead a Bible study. Maybe that's not something you're comfortable with, but something simple. You can even ask the youth minister, you know, what's an, what's an easy way for me to help out? You know, I don't. I don't feel comfortable hanging out with kids, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I can cook cookies. Would that be helpful? So something like that. Those would be my resource suggestions. Sure. Emily, what, what resources or ideas might you have, you know, to engage people a little bit more around this? Yeah, I think what Chelsea was saying um, about talking to your youth minister um, is especially helpful. Um, they will be the ones who know exactly, like, how you could best help your parish community. Um, Chelsea pointed out some great resources. Um, I also say uh, the Springtide Research Institute has some good stuff mm. out there um, about yeah, they do. Um, just relational best ways to like reach out to your teens and 
interact with teams at the parish and some good new research around that as well. Nice. So we've got Christus, Christus Vivit. We've got, you know, Barna. We've got Springtide. Um, all of those places are things uh, that could support people, especially if they're interested, or maybe even adults. I feel like, you know, um, if there are people out there who, you know, have young people in their life and they're just really interested in terms of, like, you know, how to reach them, what what would be helpful. Um, any, like, last-minute nuggets, like one last parting thought before um, before we officially sign off? <laughs> um, just, I don't know, love the teenagers in your life. Even if you don't see any, uh, they definitely could use your prayers. So maybe offer up a rosary for them today. Um, they definitely need it. And know that if you minister to teenagers, we are always praying for you. Um, yes. You you guys have really been inspiring throughout this whole pandemic process, and we we could not minister to teens without you. You are the heart and soul of this youth ministry. <laughs> I that the, that is quite the parting message. I I feel like I know that the the work that you that both Chelsea and Emily have done have, have also been instrumental as well in terms of gathering people, you know, just being there consistently, offering support, listening. And so it's really been a pleasure to have both of you on the air this morning. Thank you so much Chelsea Baldwin and Emily McDonald. Uh it's really been an honor. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much Clarissa. This has been Clarissa Alantara, and I am your host with Lifelong Journey, and I will catch you next month. Thanks so much, and have a happy Easter season. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our more responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember, to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago, 
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.